2: All right, welcome into the Monday Presser Refresher, which is a little bit different than the Sunday Presser Refresher. Chad McKee joins us to kick it off. I've got to come up with better names, Chad. I've got to quit trying to rap, uh, rhyme everything with Presser or Refresher or something like that. But, hey, it was a win, but obviously a win, Chad, where there's a lot of questions still looming. What was your biggest takeaway from Lincoln's Presser today?
1: First, if you could work the word professor into refresher, Ooh. that would be even – you could work okay. that in there somewhere. Okay. I'm also. Challenge accepted. Uh, prof- the professor's refresher, something <laughs> like that. Maybe it could be one of them. I like um, it. The, the presser, I, you know, as expected, I guess you would probably say, terrible injury news with, um, you know, Kenneth Mann and Trey Sermon. Not just guys, but really experienced guys who have um, – contributed and played a bunch throughout the course of, of their careers and you know the defensive line you're able to absorb a little bit of um, of the injury news you don't want to especially this time of the year running backs man you had Ramondre stevenson kind of hobbling around dj pleasure's been beat up earlier in the year and is is getting his way back to full health but uh it's it's kennedy brooks right now and then of course the the run game with jalen hurts and then i'm curious you know, Lincoln Riley said um, that the other guys who got beat up or, or might have had to miss some time in the game against Iowa State, he just didn't know on them. I, I think an important one there is Adrian Ely on the offensive line because they're they're different running the football on that side when he's fully healthy for whatever reason. Number one is probably he's, he's a good player, and you don't want to be without those guys, so injuries – were a um, you know big topic today and certainly a big concern moving forward and then the questions what what has happened to the defense right the last couple of weeks Kansas State and then Iowa State both having success Iowa State in particular in the second half you know they they weren't great in the first half Iowa State Sooner defense was pretty good I think there are a couple of things with that I think um, number one teams get a book on you and uh, it's a new scheme with Alex Grinch they've found some holes, some weaknesses in the defense. And the other thing you have to remember when when you're talking about the defense, they got put in bad positions in that fourth quarter by the offense when you had two turnovers. And what have we seen the last two weeks? Turnovers. Kansas State, they were the difference in the game. K-State scored two touchdowns off two sooner turnovers. Iowa State, they scored on the game, um, the, the game deciding drive came off a touchdown, and it or off a, a turnover, and it was uh, the Sooners' two really best players on offense, Jalen Hurts and CeeDee Lamb, that turned it over, so defense needs to get back to playing the way that they did. I don't know that they're going to start forcing a lot of turnovers, but I think they'll get back to sacking quarterbacks. I certainly hope that they will.
2: Isn't that wild to think? And, and again, I don't know. I, I had to check, Chad, if they th- there was a play by, I think it was LaRon Stokes that may have been uh, ruled a sack, but... I mean, since the nine sacks against Texas, they really haven't been getting out to the quarterback. Now, I've got a lot of tape still to watch, but it appeared as if they did a pretty good job of at least trying to pressure Purdy. And it seems like he does a pretty good job of avoiding it. So, I mean, I again, you want the sacks, you want those numbers. But, I, I mean, Purdy did a good job of uh, evading that on Saturday night to his benefit.
1: Yeah, and Skyler Thompson the week before, Great both point. mobile guys, and and you worry with these two teams, and you'll see it with Baylor too. The the run pass option with these three quarterbacks, Thompson and Purdy, and then Charlie Brewer coming up on Saturday can all move a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I'd I'd have to go back and look and see how many more blitzes they actually had and were called against Texas to help produce those nine sacks, and how many they've had the last two weeks. I think it's two total sacks, maybe the last two weeks, something, something like that. Mm. So you hope that they get back to what they were doing in the Texas game. And, uh, you know, the offense, when we, we've said it before, when you are not turning teams over and they have not produced a turnover in what now four games,
2: right? Five
1: games. You cannot, you cannot turn it over yourself, and they have—they've they've turned it over four times in the last two games.
2: Is, and I again, I know they did a really good job after the C.D. Lamb drop, our uh, fumble, excuse me, of, of forcing you know turnover on downs, and they got the ball back, but just unfortunately couldn't move it. But you look at two fourth quarter turnovers, and Chad, when you're not in the plus side of that, and you're not getting the ball back, those are just. I mean, those are killers in a game when you're trying to put the stake through a team's heart, but yet you've got a gutty, gritty team that's got some weapons, and they're not going to give up. Nope, very
1: true, um, and, and so that bodes well. I, this team has has played so well in the month of November. You know, we we talk about 18 straight wins, did it again the other night, and I, I think they'll be ready against this Baylor team, which has weapons, and um, it's – It's so, it's so curious to me, which, which sooner team we see defensively, um, you know, will we see, I I think there are some guys that are beat up somewhat on that side of the ball. I think to Turner yell has been a little bit beat up. Of course, Kenneth man goes out. So when you, I would not say that Kansas state, Iowa state and Baylor are identical offensively, but they have similar pieces. You know, I think that Iowa state and Baylor both have better weapons and in particular at the wide receiver spot. But Baylor will be able to do similar things to the Sooner defense. You know, they'll be able to uh, line up and scheme you the way they want. Uh, Denzel Mims, obviously a really good wide receiver. You throw J. michael Hasty in there. You throw Chris Platt in there at wide receiver. And then Brewer's a good decision maker. So, you'll – I mean, they, they can provide similar tests to what uh, Kansas State and Iowa State have been.
2: Chad, I'll let you go on this. Uh, it's been kind of refreshing uh, since – I guess I, gosh, I guess the post game on Saturday. And I know that's a real small sample size, but Jalen was great at the podium today. He was great post game. He was great with us in our one-on-ones yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe adversity has kind of helped open him up a little bit because I, even though I know he's still mad about the interception and thought they could have been better in the fourth quarter from a personality perspective, I feel like we're getting a little bit more of Jalen here.
1: Yeah. It kind of seems that way. You, you talking with him today seemed a little more open about it. Um, and, and it is truly one game at a time. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I people hate that cliche. But to be honest with you, the team that they're going to play on Saturday has been the living embodiment of one game at a time and style points not mattering. You look at what Baylor has done this year in all these places. They've had five games essentially decided by one score or less. They beat Rice by eight points. Rice. You know, that's not a very good football team. No. Texas Tech, double overtime, somewhat controversial. West Virginia, they win that on a fourth quarter field goal. They beat Iowa State by two um, because their kicker, John Mayers, bailed them out in that game after they had – Iowa State had come from behind to take the lead. Mayers kicks the field goal. And then, remember the game the other day, TCU, that's triple overtime. But, Chris, they needed a – field goal of 51 yards by john mayers just to send the game into overtime so they get a 51 yard field goal to go to overtime tied at nine nine (laughs) points you know it's it's funny you watch alabama lsu and they're scoring points all over the place and then you watch tcu versus baylor and they're not scoring any points it's like role reversal between the two leagues what i'm saying though is this Baylor team has truly been the embodiment of, hey, we don't care about style points. Hey, we don't care about how we won. We just won the football game. They've done it as well as, if not better, than anybody in the Big Twelve. And they're confident they can win close games.
2: Chad, what time are you guys hit in the air? Saturday morning, ten A. M. from the from yes, the Brazos. Sir.
1: 10 a.m. by the banks of the Brazos. You don't need ESPN College Game Day when you've got Sooner Game Day. We'll break down everything you need to know about this matchup, Chris.
2: Can't wait, Chad. Safe travels, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Okay, you too, brother. See ya. All right, we talked about Jalen Hurts. Here was our one-on-one with the Sooner starting quarterback earlier today. All right, guys, here with Jalen Hurts. Jalen, obviously a lot to look back on and digest. What would you learn from Saturday night about yourself first?
3: I think it's a lot of opportunity for us to grow as a team, you know, to social maturity, especially going into this week. Um, an opportunity to have a great, great week of prep this weekend and get ready for these guys this weekend. And then as you kind of alluded to there, this team, you learned that they had everyone's back on Saturday night, right? Absolutely. Um, hard for a victory, you know, you take the ugly ones too. You know, it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I thought you were asking a great question about you have a want
2: to know mentality. You're always looking ahead, but you do learn from maybe mistakes or things in the past. What's that
3: balance like? Well, if you're not learning from your past mistakes, you're not growing. Um, if you're not making mistakes, you're not growing. So, we have to have that approach as a team. We got to take the right approach in what we do. Um, we got to play to our standard every every play of the game, every quarter, all the time. You know, it's still kind of amazing to think that you've only been here since February and you've only been in this offense since February. Do you feel like you learn something new every day? Well, you know, it, it, it's it's not easy. Um, you know, Riley says it all. Coach Riley says it all the time. Um, Winning is hard, you know, and um, this situation I'm in is it's hard too. Um, coming in here, learning new scheme, new coach, um, all of that is difficult. But uh, we're, we're built for stuff like this, um, and just got to continue to, to hit the head first with a full head of steam and um, attack it. Seems like though the confidence still very high, right? I mean, obviously want to get better, but this team still very confident, right? Most definitely. Um, we we know what we know. We have to improve on some things, and we know there's always room to improve. Um, but we're going to continue to try and strive to play to our standard, um, and, and and try and be the most dominant team we can be.
2: Final thought, Jalen. Baylor's coming up heading down to Waco. Uh, Matt Rule, obviously, unique defensive scheme. But what, what do you see so far from Baylor?
3: Yeah, I think they're a very fast team. Very good athletes on defense. They rally to the ball really well. So um, you know, like like like. Any other time, we got to be ready for these guys. They're, they're really good.
2: And obviously a big day for CeeDee Lamb, who was named the Big 12 co-offensive player of the week. And he looked back on Saturday, thought he could be even better. How do you feel
4: now looking back, man, on the overall performance against Iowa State? Uh, I feel like I got to finish better, a lot a lot better in the second half. was uh, safe to say I had like maybe 20 yards, but uh, I just got to contribute more on the offensive side to finish out the game and um, just put a complete game together. Can you take us through that
2: confidence between you and Jalen? You guys talk a lot on the sidelines. You go through things quite a bit. I know you always feel like you're open, and he's, I think, trusting more to put the ball up in the air to let you make a play. But take us through that relationship and how that's grown.
4: Chemistry going to take us a long way, uh, and it has up to this point. And um just trying to give him a feel of where I'm going or how the defense is playing me coverage-wise or just our side um just helping him understand the coverages and different things that i'm saying that he probably not seeing so just kind of helping each other just benefiting off each other it's pretty wild to think that in three years you've had three different quarterbacks unique in each step of the way can you kind of take us through just how unique it's been to have to develop this relationship in such a short amount of time i mean when you put your mind to something anything's kind of possible so we've done a great job me and jalen and uh the other quarterbacks as well obviously they're doing great in the nfl right now and um Hats off to them. But it's just, it's just consistent work, uh, just being very consistent and staying on top of our job. Are, are, are you
2: being defended different? Are you noticing teams doing things differently when you look back on the film and has it made it more challenging for you at all?
4: Yeah, they're kind of rolling a little more coverage towards me. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I still got to make a play if the ball comes my way and I have to do what I have to do. And then the, finally, Baylor this weekend. What do you know about the Bears so far and their defensive approach? Them guys, they're, they're probably the best on film that we've seen up to this point. So we got to come up with our best foot forward. We got to play the potential. Congrats on win, man. Thank and you. finally, the Sooner senior
2: captain on the defensive side of the football, Neville Gallimore, knows there's a lot to learn from Saturday's
5: win over Iowa State. Film
2: yet? how you feel about the way this thing wrapped up? Still got a big play to finish that off Saturday.
5: Um, you know, there's it, a lot of stuff that, you know, we could have done better. You know, Iowa State played hard and, you know, there, there's obviously we made some mistakes and there, there's some stuff that we got to be better at. But, you know, it was just good to see us, you know, rally together and come through at the end.
2: Can you take us through the frustration to where there are several times you had pressure and you're right there, but that was an elusive dude back there in Brock Purdy. How challenging is that and how tough is it to kind of keep that effort and that energy going whenever you have a guy that's been in your grasp a few times you just can't get him?
5: I feel like it's always frustrating, you know. You, you play the game to make plays, so when you don't make them, you know, it kind of goes back. you trying to, you know, look at little things or things that you could do better, but you know, like I said, he, he's athletic. He did things very well, got the ball out quick, but you know it's part of the game, I guess. But you know, you that's why you play. You try to get the opportunity to fight for every down possible. So
2: the one thing that I noticed uh, watching you and watching K9, you guys keeping guys up, making sure they understood their responsibilities. Does that get challenging down the stretch from a leadership perspective?
5: I mean, you know, like when you had the expectation of the high standard for yourself and your guys, you know, you always see it as a challenge, but also an opportunity. You know, we just want the best out of everybody, and we want the best for ourselves, and we just want to win at the end of the day. So.
2: And it motivates you more. I mean, obviously, you get the win, so that's big. But when it's not the way you want it, does that kind of spur more motivation for you?
5: Absolutely, because I mean, again, it goes back to our standard of ball that we're trying to accomplish. So when we not a, uh, when we don't meet that standard, you know, we, we'll feel some type of way about it. But good thing is, you know. Got the win and we got an opportunity to pre- prepare for another big game coming up.
2: I like that you feel some type of way about it. Take me through some of the young dogs who got a chance on Saturday. Isaiah Thomas came in, saw Marcus Stripling for a little bit. There's some there's some good young talent along this defensive line that got a chance on Saturday
5: night. Well, it was just great, again, to see young guys, you know, step up an opportunity to present itself. You know, our State's a really good ball club. And, you know, those guys had to come in and were expected to do their job. And, and they did. Obviously, you know, there, there's always stuff that we could – we could have done and be better at but you know it was just good to see those guys kinda get a taste of what it's like to be in the heat of the moment.
2: And big one coming up on Saturday. What do we know about the Baylor Bears right now?
5: We know like I said, you undefeated, you know, those guys are well coached, they got great ball players and, you know, we gotta be on our job.
2: Sooners win it forty-two to forty-one. Again, we'll wrap up this pod with the entire Lincoln Riley press conference. But for now, we sign off, saying thanks for listening. Don't forget, Sooner Sports Podcast live dropping tomorrow morning. Lincoln Riley coming up here in seconds. Boomer Sooner, everybody.
1: This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at SoonerSports.tv/podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. All
6: right, Mike, uh, thank you. A uh, couple quick announcements and then we'll, we'll talk about the Baylor game here. Uh, both Trey Sermon and uh, Kenneth Mann both have season, uh, season ending injuries. Um, tough injuries, certainly, for those two. They've not only been a big part of this team, but big part of a, a, a lot of teams and a lot of great memories around here. So, Obviously, sick, heartbroken for those two because uh, they they both put a ton into this program, and uh, you know will definitely create some opportunities for others and and for us to continue to move on as a team and opportunities to uh, for other people to step up and, and grow and that's what has happened in these moments. So um, certainly hate to announce that, but want to give you guys that news. Uh, everybody else on the injury front, the answer is going to be I don't know. Um, you know, we had a couple of other guys get dinged the other night. Uh, I think we you know I think there's you know potentially some positives there, but we're gonna see how the, how the week plays out. So obviously, going into a, a, a very, very important game here on the road against a, a very good Baylor football team. Uh, they're they're playing playing well on on all three sides of the ball. Um, if you look at them, they're a very experienced team. I mean, just across the board. There's a lot of guys that have played a lot of ball over the last several years. And, uh, and I think that's shown and they've just constantly just improved, uh, you know, kind of game in and game out, year in and year out. Give Coach Rule and his staff a, a lot of credit because they've certainly, they've gotten better. Um, and then the thing you, on top of playing well, just the, the, the main thing that sticks out is how well they've played. In, in so many of the close games that they've been in. you know They've really done a great job finishing games, overcoming some odds at times. And, and you know to to have really good seasons, you have to do that. So give them a lot of credit. They, they've played well. They beat some really good people and, and will be a, a great challenge. Should be a fun atmosphere. We're excited to, to go down to Waco and play. What's happened to your defense the last two games? What's happened to our defense? Um, it's an interesting question. Um, and played as good. I mean, we've done it spurts. I've had spurts where we haven't tackled as good. And we've continued to put ourselves in a, in a hole where we got to play really well. If you're not getting turnovers, we obviously got a critical in there at the end of the game that was great, but um, definitely some things we need to do better.
0: James. You know, Lincoln, the first seven games you guys played, pretty much four quarters. I know you didn't like how you finished a couple of those games, but you were winning going away last two games you haven't been able to do that what do you think's changed in that area and what's going on and you know playing four solid quarters like you were early in the season
6: well I think I think a couple things I think you know both of those games we've gotten off to to really fast starts and um, you know I don't know that if it's you know we relax or if at some point we think it's not going to be as hard as it's going to be um, we, we haven't been able to to maintain that like we want to as a team and build off those fast starts um, and then and then when the adversity hits like does in every single game we've, we've got to be ready to respond better I mean plain and simple and uh, so um, you know the the season goes on and again you get you get challenged different ways you're not just like you were in one game or or here, one game there, you got to get up and be ready to do it again, every single play, every single week. And that's something that I would just say overall as a team, all three sides of the ball, that we have to do a much better job of here in the closing stretch.
1: Jason
0: Percy. Yeah, Lincoln, uh, one thing that's gotten a lot of attention this weekend is your interaction with Raiden over Bay. I'm just wondering if you can talk about how that came together and, uh, and what that meant to you to, to have that moment with him
6: yeah we became aware of it like i think a lot of people did um through through social media and um you know found out through some uh, people we knew that that he was a uh, he and his family were pretty big oklahoma sooner fans and uh we reached out and invited the 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 family up um and uh yeah through the help of several other people you know we were able to make it happen and uh yeah it was it was really cool we got to Spend some time with them before the game. Um, visit with him and his family. Really, really neat people. And uh, and then obviously, one of the best parts of winning that game was being able to bring him in the locker room and and you know sharing that uh, with our players. And you know I know there were some videos and stuff went out, but some of the really the better stuff was just the different inter- interactions he had with our coaches, players. Honestly, after that was all done, and so. Um, I know it meant a lot to our team. Uh, they were all very aware of it, and uh, you know, for two, and and to be able to do that was great for a couple reasons. One, I know it, you know, put a smile on he, he and his family's faces, and uh, and and then also, um, I think you know, brings awareness to to an issue that's important to, to us and uh, and doesn't need to exist. Is that
0: something? Is that just an example of? The platform that you guys have a reminder of maybe to those guys
6: absolutely you know, and it was kind of perfect timing you know after a, after an up and down game like that that, that did finish on such a high note you, and, and here at the end of the season, sometimes I get it's our job and you know we're here to win games and we're all as competitive as you want to be, but there is more to it, and sometimes we all forget that and so it was uh, uh, it was it was I think perfect for everybody. Lincoln, I don't know how much you study the numbers on C.D.'s yards after catch, uh, but where's he starting to stack up in terms of other receivers you guys have had?
0: What he's doing after the catch? Yeah, he's
6: he's making a lot of explosive plays after. I mean, there, there's no question. So it's it, it, it's he, he stacks up well. I mean, he does, and he's and he's consistent with it. You know, and he's you try to work hard with every runner to to continue to develop different ways that they can beat you it's I've compared it before it's like a baseball pitcher if you've got one great pitch that's great if you've got three great pitches it's it's tough and uh so we try to develop our guys you know an awareness of where to run where the blockers are going to be set up also you know physically you know trying to get guys to a point where they run aggressively enough to to run over you or run through a tackle and then have the speed and or quickness to beat you that way and when you when you present that to defenders it's it's tough because they you know you guess wrong and 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 you're going to miss and even if you guess right it's still pretty tough to tackle him and CD is one of those guys that presents he he presents a lot of different options to beat you when he runs with the ball and he's he's running you know very aggressively right now and he, he has
0: a lot of natural ability it looks like but how how well has Dennis done with him
6: like yeah like he's done with receivers all over places for the last 10, 15 years. You know, he's, he's he's he does a great job developing the guys. He does a great job, you know, demanding the best out of them and and you know ensuring that they continue to grow regardless of how highly they're recruited or regardless of whatever success they've had here. He's he's got a great way with people and a great way of reaching people and getting the best out of them. It'll go to
0: Gary. Lincoln, as the season moves forward, I think there'll be more
2: tendency to compare uh, Jalen to, to Baker and Kyler, just because there's more numbers up now and performance is, is maybe more germane. Is is that a case of this is what you signed up for? Uh, you, you just assume maybe that not happened and out of fairness to Jalen, but this, the standard being what it is here, that's that's what he's going to get, is
6: that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like a lot of things, we're, you know, we'll be asked about it in settings like this and we'll get, that's part of it, but I mean, it that I I put zero thought into that and I'm I I think I'll say I think I know Jalen doesn't really put any thought into it either I mean he's you know to do to do great things you have to have such an ultimate focus on on what you're doing and you got to be able to block out the rest of the things that aren't important and uh, so I I get that that's going to happen but that's you know that's for the fans and that's for media that's not for coaches and players
0: if you don't mind just about his sure. game on on saturday night he threw a couple of balls early that he got away with mm-hmm. and that looked like they could have easily been picked
6: and
2: taken the other way is that is that is he not maybe seeing things as well as you'd like in those situations
6: or is that just a tribute to how iowa state prepared well the iowa state does a really good job uh yeah the two the two plays that 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 you're referring to um one knew the coverage and just simply didn't see the defenders. He kind of attached and then spun back around our guy. It was just kind of a uh, kind of a unique look, I guess I would say. And then one we just we just missed on the coverage and uh, thought it was one coverage and it wasn't, and and uh, we just gotta confirm and see it. So I mean that's gonna happen with quarterbacks from time to time. You know, you still want them to be decisive, and that's that's always the number one thing for me, and that's what he's done a really good job of this year. John
7: Hoover. Yeah, Lincoln. In, in contemporary sports today, all sports really, you hear coaches um, stressing the importance of improvement every day, every practice, every game, every week, whatever it is, continuing an up, you know, gradual climb. Are you still seeing that? I know that's important to you, getting better, getting better. Are you still seeing that across the board? Are there areas that are dipping, and some areas are still improving? Can you kind of explain?
6: Yeah. yeah, there's there's ebbs and flows. There's there's. <clears throat> You know, there, there's coaching is kind of like you plug one leak and another one springs. I mean, there's always, you just don't ever get to the point where you plug them all. I mean, it's, it's a, that's like a player trying to play perfect. It never happens that way. And so I think you're constantly trying to, to work on your weaknesses and whether it's you as a player, you as a coach, the the team in general, you know, what are going to be the focus points and what do we do to to take steps to, to accomplish that, to get better at those, and so as the seasons went on, we've been challenged different ways. We've done different things well. There's a lot of things right now that we're doing better than we have at any point during the season. We did some things um, two nights ago that that you know you just look back and say, "Man, you know," you, you start to see the the ceiling of this team and how good we can be. And then and then the flip side of it is. There's obviously points of it that are that are that are disappointing because we know we can play so much better and so um, I think you leave that game excited about some of the great things that are that we're doing that were much better than at any other point in the season and then also determined that if we're going to be the team that we want and have the run that we think we can have here we know we got to get some of these some of these leaks plugged and we got to get them plugged now. So what
7: are a couple of examples? Things that you see more improvement in things that you need to see more
6: Oh, i mean there's a lot i mean i i think jeez i mean it's that's a that could go that could go a lot of different directions um I think our understanding of of what we're doing we were we're we're so new slash young one or the other on both sides of the ball, and our overall understanding of what we're doing and handling all the different things that are being thrown at us there's a, a lot of examples we're doing some things that i don't think we would have been ready for early in the season at all. And then, uh, yeah, then obviously there's some things, fundamentally, and then just with kind of the momentum of games that we've got to handle better, just, I think, collectively as a team, and that's going to be a big focus this week.
7: Joey
1: Homer. When a guy's going through a slump of baseball, he kind of expands his strike zone and presses a little bit. How much for the, uh, the lack of creating turnovers do you feel is maybe trying too hard, pressing, Uh, that kind of stuff I think we've
6: got definitely some guys doing that I think that's very fair to say I mean it's you know like with a team it's it's sometimes it's hard to say it's one thing you know our you know we got a pretty big team you know we got 100 something guys a lot of different guys that play so you know what is one player's issue is not always this player's issue so we've got We've got some guys I think that are are trying too hard, and it's at times get out of the context of what we're doing schematically. We've got some guys that that are still you know young and t- kind of trying to figure all this out. Uh, we've got guys that that um, uh, that are learning um, what it takes at this level to be great and to win these big time games, especially at this time of the year. Um, so yeah, I mean we're. We've got guys that are learning what it takes to focus each and every play because it's really difficult. I know it sounds easy on the outside, but the the level of focus you have to have is it's you know it's it's really really hard to do. And so, yeah, we kind of got guys at different points, um, but it's certainly you know we're we're trying to attack those as much as we can. And then the common themes that we find you know together as a team that we have to get better. Those are the ones we've got to kind of band together and really really attack that in every single way possible.
5: Yeah, um, <clears throat> Coach, you know, I, I went to church yesterday and people were saying, oh man, that defense, same old, same old, you know. So what do you see that can tell folks that this is not a regression and that maybe it's just a couple of just tough games?
6: Uh, that's That'll be defined at the end of the year. You know, that, that'll be defined. We've, you know, the things that we did and how well we've played, you know, for a large stretch of this year happened. Um, the fact that we haven't played our best in the last two weeks happened and what are we going to how are we going to respond and if it is if it if it is different and it is better like we believe it is then then it'll show up here the rest of the season and that's our challenge. Opera's going. Yeah, Lincoln this time of year obviously you only play guys that are ready to play. But you look a couple of years ago this is about time you start playing Trey Norwood and Trey Brown. Mm-hmm. That same type of development starting to happen for Jeremiah Credell or Woody Washington? Are they close at all to starting to become a factor? I think we've got a number of guys that are that are right on the right on the edge right now, you know. And and you know, obviously, some of the injuries we've had at different positions. You get here late in the year, guys are going to have some opportunities, and uh, they need to be ready to go make the most of them. But we've worked hard behind the scenes to develop those guys, and a lot of those guys are doing some things that, that really get you excited. And, uh, you know, for them it's a matter now of, of getting an opportunity and being ready to jump in and seize it. Because you see the defense ro- rotation at a lot of spots is going well, but then safety with DeLaron Turner-Yell, Pat Fields, are they
5: physically, mentally starting to wear down just a, a little bit?
6: No, I would say so. I, I don't think they're wearing down. I mean, I think they're – they're young guys that are learning as they go and they're getting better and they've played a lot of important snaps for us, but there's no question we want to continue to, to add depth and competition there. I mean, w- without a doubt. I mean, that's, uh, we, we want that at every position. I think it's, I think with some, uh, not as much the other night, but even especially kind of what happened at Kansas State when all of a sudden we lose a couple secondary guys, you could see, you know, some of our depth has got to continue to improve and that's been a big focus point in these practices is, is getting more guys ready to play um, and, and they've got to respond I mean those guys have, it's twofold you you got to give them the opportunity as a coach and then the flip side of it is they've got to practice and prepare well enough that you have the confidence to, to give them those opportunities so it takes it takes both sides
5: Barry. Uh Yeah Lincoln, uh,
2: Baylor seems to be a team that's played better on the road than at home I mean, went to Manhattan and won pretty strongly with Stillwater and won Tight games with Tech and West Virginia at home. Your experience down there has been a dogfight. Even the 111 year, they took you to the wire. What is it about playing down there that's tough to play, and why hasn't it really been happening this year?
6: Yeah, hopefully that trend continues. Uh, as far as maybe them not playing as good there, so I, they've won, they've won them all. I know that. Um, I look at the record, nine wins, no losses, so they're winning. Um, and they have, they've played some really good road. Uh, Some really good road games. I don't know that I could sit there and say why that's happened, why that hasn't. Um, Yeah, the two two other times we've been down there, I mean, it's it's been kind of totally different scenarios. uh, But you know, I I would just chalk it up to uh, you know playing on the road and winning on the road is tough, regardless of what how good people think a team is or how bad they think a team is. It's always tough, especially if you don't play your best. I know. I know two years ago when we went down there, we certainly didn't play anywhere near our best. And then, uh, what was it, four years ago, that was two pretty good teams going at it.
5: Eric Bailey. Lincoln Kennedy
4: had the most carries and runs by a running back all season. Just how big was that game, game momentum at the position and given Trey's situation, how important is that going to be moving forward?
6: Yeah, no, it was it was important. Um, he, he ran well. He did, and like I said, after he was – Agonizingly close to popping two or three more of those. So we did some really good things in the run game, um, from an offensive line standpoint, running back standpoint. I mean, we we executed better, um, and that's you know when you do that, you're gonna you're gonna get more opportunities, and we were able to get a few more plays than we've been getting too, which that also made a difference as well. So it's going to be key. It's always key at the end of the year, and. You know, it, it, we hate losing Trey, but Kennedy's been a workhorse for us before and then certainly have a lot of confidence in, in Ramondre and TJ as well.
0: Sam Brown. Coach, this question is on a much more broader spectrum, but looking at your 2017 recruiting class, you have a lot of guys now who are impact players. I mean, two of your captains, or uh, Marquise before he left was from that recruiting class, Trey and Kennedy, Creed, you know, there's impact players almost everywhere you look. So with that being said, did you kind of get the sense that was the first recruiting class? Kind of you inherited as a head coach. Did you kind of get a sense that there was something special with that group, or was it just something that kind of manifested itself? And can you talk about the impact that they've had in, in changing, quote unquote, changing the culture around here?
6: Yeah, no, it, it was it was a group we were really excited about coming in, uh, but it's all of what are these guys gonna gonna do with it? Um, and I think the maybe the. Most consistent theme from that class that I could say is you know, it was a talented class. We've signed other talented classes. The one thing I would say about that group is those guys, it was a very serious class, meaning those guys came in here to work and they came in here very serious and mature early on in their careers about what they were doing. And so I think that allowed. A lot of those players to get off to great starts in their career, and then they just kind of rode that wave of momentum and continued to get better, and uh, and have continued to get better. And so now it's it's uh, it's it obviously was an important class for us for a lot of different reasons, a lot of great ones in that. Hopefully, we can keep bringing in a lot more like that.
7: You've coached
1: some
0: great wide receivers throughout your career. You look back Michael Crabtree all the way back at Texas Tech,
2: uh, Marquise Brown, to Westbrook. They're all different. But who does CeeDee Lamb maybe most remind you of? And where
0: is he in just that group of wide receivers that you've coached? Oh, man.
6: Yeah. Not as much anybody here. It's um, a good question. He's, he's got some similarities to Crabb. Um, he's, he's a little faster than Crab was. Crab was a little bit stronger. Um, but both were dynamic with the ball there, with, when the ball was in the air, and then very dynamic with the ball in their hands after the catch. So of, we have had a great run of, and what's been fun is it has been so many different skill sets. And, and, uh, but if I had to name one, that, they're probably the most similar.
2: Coach, your offense has had a lot of success against this Baylor team since you've been here, but this year it looks like that defense has taken quite a bit of a jump. Even after losing a really good linebacker a few weeks ago, it still looks really good. So, what uh, what challenges does that defense present to you this year? Yeah, a
6: lot. Uh, I got a lot of respect for um, for the defensive staff. The guys have done a great job. They've uh, you know they've, they've they've changed it up a little bit this year. You know they've. they've they've um definitely changed quite a bit schematically and uh, and it's it's done well for them and then when you look across, you just roll your eyes down the depth chart you know it's senior, 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 junior, senior, senior i mean it's just and it's all guys that have played a lot of meaningful snaps for them, and they've gotten better and better they've They've moved a few guys position wise and and have really those have really landed well. Um, and has made a big difference for them. And, uh, you know, they've caused turnovers. They've, they've, uh, they've done the things you got to do to play really good defense. So they're, they'll be certainly as big a challenge as we faced all year. Okay, two more.
7: John Hoover. So I've heard a couple of players, whether it's been on social media or, you know, post-game radio shows and stuff, talk about how the energy left the stadium when the crowd kind of diminished at the start of the fourth quarter. You know, you guys get a big lead, and everybody's like, well, we got this one, we're going to head on out of here, you know. When that happens and the energy maybe leaves the stadium, does that impact the team? Do you guys feel it? Do you notice it? Uh, maybe, maybe you look yeah. back on it and say, yeah, we definitely felt when it happened.
6: I mean, it's, it's, it's our job as coaches and players that we, we got to play to our level no matter what. I mean, that's, that is certainly our job, and I would never put that on our fans or anybody else's fans or any atmosphere or any stadium now the flip side of that, like I've said up here many times, we have a one of the great stadiums in America. We have one of the great fan bases in America. And when it's rocking in there, does our team feel that? Hell yeah, they do. And when it's not, do they feel that? Hell yeah, they do. Yep. Okay,
5: last question, Al. Uh,
3: what about, is Caleb Kelly getting closer to help you in? anything new on Calvaterra?
6: Caleb's doing well. Uh he he's 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 healthy. He's ready to go. Um it's been an interesting discussion. Yeah. I can just talk about him right here. How you doing, <laughs> bud? Um nah, he's done he has. He's done well. I'm not just saying that because he's sitting in the back of the room. He 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 has done really well. He's knocking the rust off and I think he'll be ready to help us here pretty quick. Um Calcaterra still uh still not planning on having him available this week. Just we're still A little bit of wait-and-see mode there right now, yeah. All right, thank you.